0: to deal with difficult people. A message series on dealing with people that drive you crazy every day. amen today we'll kick it off a new series called difficult people how to deal with difficult people i don't know about you but if you ever dealt with a difficult person amen you know at times they can drive you insane they can drive you crazy amen and so today we're going to talk about how do we deal with difficult people. And so over the next four weeks, amen, we're going to be talking about how to deal with difficult people. This is meant to be a lighthearted teaching series, but we will be dealing with some serious stuff, amen. But I believe the Word of God gives us insight and wisdom to how to deal with difficult people. Amen. This morning, I want you to imagine this. Imagine you are in a good mood today, which I hope you are in a good mood today. But there's something you are, and there's something that you're really happy and excited about. And you decide, to, let's say, to tell one of your friends with excitement, Oh my God, this is just what happened to me. Girl, you don't believe this is what happened to me. I finally got that job. I finally got the opportunity. This, oh, this great thing just happened in my life. However, your friend listens mainly with a nonchalant type of attitude while you are just gushing your heart away. Worse still, he or she starts giving his or her two cents about how it's not really that great. Talk about a wet blanket. Before you know it, your mood has switched 180 degrees from the happy state to one of annoyance and irritation. Does this sound familiar to somebody this morning? Well, this morning I want to minister to you from the subject title critical people. Critical people. Everybody say critical. People. Yes, this is, this is the first type of, of difficult people or individuals that we're going to deal with this morning. Critical people. Now you have to understand that if you're breathing and you are alive, which I'm sure you are because you're moving, you're alive, you were just praising the Lord a few moments ago, you will realize that in this life, Jesus said in this life you will have trouble, but I will continue to say in this life you would deal with criticism. You would deal with critical people. The very best people, the very proficient people, the very people who have great skills and, 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 and great wit are still people who are criticized. As we look in the Word of God, we see Aaron and Miriam criticize Moses. Why, why didn't Aaron and Miriam criticize Moses? They criticized Moses because he married a black woman. Uh huh. If you read that in Numbers 12 1 through, you know, one, one through 8, I'm just like, whoa. They, 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 racism and stuff was going on back in the scriptures back then, ain't nothing new under the sun. But they criticized him for the, for the Kushite, the, the, the Ethiopian woman that he married, Zipporah. And, 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 and you come to the New Testament, you have people who even criticized the great apostle Paul. They said he was a bad speaker. They said, you can write some strong letters, but when you see us in person, you're weak. And they criticized him. You can see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And then the most greatest individual of all while we're here today, they criticized our savior. They criticized Jesus for hanging around with sinners. One version said the New Living Translation in the book of Mark chapter two, verse 16, that the the, the Pharisees had the nurse say, why is he dealing with the scum of the earth? Why is he hanging out with those type of people? They also got an attitude with Jesus because he healed somebody on the Sabbath. Does that you, healing could happen any other day of the week? But not on the Sabbath. They criticized our Savior. So if these people in the Word of God and these are key people in the Word of God got criticized, people misconstrued what they did and the choices that they made. How much more are we as individuals? dealing with those who are critics around us. We would deal with criticism in all shapes, forms, and sizes. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter seven, verse five, it is better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. I'll say that again. It is better to be criticized by a wise person than to be praised by a fool. There are two words that pop out of the scripture for us, and that's the word criticized, and that's the word praise. You see, when we look at the word praise and the word criticism, we look at the windows of our heart. Praise often reveals what you value most. It reveals what you value most. Some of you, you're married, you, you value your spouse, some of you have great jobs, you value your job, you, you have children, you value your children, you encourage them, you praise them, and of course we all value the Lord, so we all praise the Lord and give him thanks, but praise often reveals what you value the most. But criticism often reveals your deepest insecurities. It reveals your deepest Fears, your idiosyncrasies, if you will. These, these, these are things that bother us. These are things that, that, that cause us not to feel complete. And so when we talk about criticism, the scripture is clear. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 4, it says, How can you think, saying, Let me help get that speck out of your eye, a little splinter, a little speck out of your eye? When you can see past the log. I like to say telephone pole. <laughs> in your own eye. And sometimes we're so quick to point out the little splinters. And everybody else's eye. But we don't realize that we have a big old pole. A log. In our very own eye. So today I want to focus on. As we deal with critical people, what are the wrong responses to deal with criticism and what are the right responses? Everybody say wrong responses and right responses. All right, y'all could talk to me today. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to deal with what is the wrong responses. I'm going to tell you what we do sometimes when we are criticized. And I'm going to tell you what we should do when we deal with criticism. Y'all with me? All right, praise the Lord, I'm going to move quick this morning. So when we deal with the wrong responses of criticism, there are two things that we tend to do when we are criticized in the most negative way. The first thing is that we fight. We fight. Everybody say fight. Yeah, all my life I had to fight. We fight. We fight. See, we, we when someone criticizes us, we we're ready. we ready to, to to say what we're ready to become so combative. We 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 we're ready to defend ourselves when somebody criticizes us, and, and and the way we fight, everybody fight differently. Some people, you know, they they might not fight physically, or they might not fight with words. But what they do is they rehearse the situation in their mind, like a like like a videotape that plays over and over and over and over and over. And over. And we rewind and said, if, 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 if he would have said that to me, I would have said this. And because she said this, I'm going to let her know. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. And so we replay the issues and the thing over and over in our minds. So we're ready to fight. We're ready to fight. Let somebody, let, let, let somebody tell you that you don't look a certain way and you, you, you don't look good and you know you worked hard to look good. One of the first arguments I remember my wife and I had, we first got married. I said, honey, how does this work? She said, I don't know how them colors work together. I don't know about that. I'm like, I work really hard to put this suit and this jacket and this tie and all this. I know I know how to dress. Everybody's perspective is different. But I was ready to fight. We become defensive. You know, I got, oh, you know what, I, I, I got a new job, you know, I got a new job. All right, you, you got that type of job? But I thought you went to school for that. Why are you doing that? Well, I've been unemployed for two years. I got a job. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, really, that's not what you really want to do. But it's something for now. Just rain on your parade. You, 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 you come de- de- defensive. And then the other Wrong response, we, we fight, right? But then the other one is called flight. We fly away. We withdraw ourselves when someone gives us criticism. Mm-hmm. We keep a distance. You know those people who are critical? When they call, you let it go to voicemail. We see them down the street, you at Oh, I hope they didn't see me. Let me walk down this block. You, you're in the supermarket. Let me go down this aisle. I hope they didn't see me today. It's the message you on Facebook unread. They're gonna see that I read it, even though I saw. I'm gonna play unread. I don't want them to see what, 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 what I saw. I don't want to deal with them. We we fight, we take flight, and we do that because we don't want to be hurt. We do that because we don't want to deal with their negative responses. So we fight and we take flight. We withdraw. Ourselves from the individuals. Amen. So these are really the wrong responses that we as individuals deal with as we deal with people who are very critical. Amen. There is a wrong and there is a right response to criticism. Amen. So let's talk about the right responses. Everybody said the right responses. Okay, so I'm going to give you three, I'm going to go quickly, we ain't going to keep you long today. I'm going I'm I'm to give you three right responses on how we should deal with critical people. Amen? Praise the Lord. The first one I want to give you is the word, everybody say listen. Uh-huh. So when someone begins to give you constructive criticism, Notice I put the word constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is to build you up. Criticism, just by itself, tends to pull you down. Constructive criticism means that I'm here to help you. And so the right response for number one is the word listen. Listen, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 15 verse 31 to 32, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject criticism, you only harm yourself. I got to read that again because that's so good. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home with the wise. But if you reject it, if you fight and fight, amen, criticism, you will only harm yourselves. The right response is to listen when someone gives you criticism. You see, you listen to them where their motive is to help and not hurt. Say that again. You listen when the person's motive is to help, not hurt. Pastor, what do you mean, help, not hurt? When someone's giving you constructive criticism, they're not just gonna say, oh, let's, let's talk about the, the outward appearance. Oh, look, 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 look at your hair, like, girl, what, what did you do? That looks horrible. Your head looks, what did you do to yourself? They don't just stop there, because then you're just insulting me, you're not really helping me, you're just pointing out something that's wrong. Constructive criticism is say, girl, what's going on with your hair? Here, why don't you try this? Girl, I'm going to take you to my beauty shop. You're going to get your hair done with me. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to hurt you. And see, most criticism ends with hurt. And that's why relationships become broken. It happens in marriages all the time. It happens with parents and children all the time. The motive has to be to help and not to hurt. Okay? Help and not hurt. And when the person is pointing out an issue to you, they're gonna give examples. They're not just gonna focus on one example. It's something that they've probably seen over a course of time that they wanna point out to you. See, when someone has your good intentions at heart, they study you. They, 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 they observe you, they watch you. They might not say something the first time. You might say, well, they just have an off day today. I just, then the second time they know it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But the third time they see it, they say, well, this is a pattern. Let me just say something. Because sometimes everybody sees the same problem with the person, but no one is adult enough or wise enough to deal with the issue. Years ago, I worked a man as a salesperson for CompUSA. And we had a particular worker there that came from a different country. Actually, no, 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 sorry. Not Comp Say, I'm trying to remember the story, but I'll give you the the crux of the story. The crux of the story was this person came from another country. And from this country, didn't use deodorant. So in their country, natural smells is just part of their culture, but was being very offensive to everybody else. But nobody had the courage to say anything to the person. What they did was, they talked behind this person's back, and they criticized him. He didn't even know that he was offending people. So at some point, someone had to say something to the brother in a nice way so the person can know, hey, I know maybe where you come from, you know, in the Ukraine, Yugoslavia, you know, those type of places, that you know you might not wear this, you might not need, but you need this. This is going to help you because here, it's offensive. You see, when you're there to help somebody and not hurt somebody, they will receive what you have to say. There might be, and, and, and that's, just, that's just one isolated issue. We can put that in a spectrum, in a wide gamut of situations that we deal with as believers. Sometimes we don't want to say anything, but there's sometimes we have to address an issue. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. That, not, that doesn't mean I come and tear you down and let you know I'm better than you and this and that and that. And you're on the off and you ruin No, 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 no. You're coming in a spirit of meekness. You're coming in a spirit of gentleness to help somebody out. And when you listen to somebody, you, when, you, when you listen, when someone gives you a, 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 a criticism, when someone gives you criticism, you listen to the person because they, you know that they dare to help you. When a person can help, when the person has experience, and when the person has wisdom, you can't take criticism from everybody. I'm talking about someone who has your best interests, someone who wants to see you get better. Maybe in a relationship with somebody, and everybody tell you, girl, you better leave him alone. You know he's no good. Leave him alone. Leave him, stop dating him. Leave him alone. Leave him, stop giving him your cookies. Leave him alone. And everybody's just saying the same thing. You're just ignoring them. But listen to the person who really been through something. Listen to the person who has wisdom. You can't listen to everybody. All your kids could be saying the same thing. But the person who's there to build you up, that's the person you want to listen to. Am I making sense this morning? Amen. Y'all quiet in here. Praise the Lord. Take you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we have to listen. The second thing that we have to do, and it's a hard one for some of us, we have to answer. We have to open up our mouths. The Bible says in the book of Judges, chapter 8, verses 1 through 2, it says that Ephraimites asked Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? And the Bible says, and they criticized him sharply, but he answered them. There are times that you have to answer your critics. I'll say that again. There are times that you have to answer your critics. When a person is missing information that would change his or her perception, that's a time for you to give them an answer. There are times as a pastor where people, where people I come to me and say, Pastor, I haven't seen this person, such and such, and you know they're supposed to be on this thing, they're supposed to be doing this and doing that, and I'll be like, I hear you but I know stuff you don't know. I'm the pastor, I see a different perspective. So before you go and try to shred them up and rip them up, not being here or not there, I know, there's a different perspective that you must see. Sometimes when we deal with criticism, our perspective is off. We don't know the full story. I'll give you I'll give you an example. There was a story of a young family that was on the subway in New York City. And the father was sitting in the chair with his head down. So he looked as if he was asleep. But he had two toddlers. And almost, they were like running around on the train. Like he was sitting at one point, they were just walking around, and he wasn't even paying attention to them. And so people begin to look and say, what type of father is that, that like he's just going to let his kids just run around on a, on a public transportation like this? Someone could snatch these kids or someone can do some great harm to these kids. He's not even paying attention to them. Until finally somebody went and tapped the father and said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I just came from the hospital. I just lost my wife and the kids just lost their mother. Whole perspective changed. All of a sudden, now mercy begins to pour in because now he gave an answer. He gave an account to why and what was happening. There are times that you have to speak up and give an account. When critics come at you. You see, and you only give this type of information when you know the person is open to receive that type of information. Because some people, no matter what you tell them, they just ain't going to believe you. Those are people you leave alone. Those are people that you don't be bothered with. You just have to keep it going, keep it flowing. Say what you need to say and just move on. But I'm talking about people who are open to receive an answer to criticism. The third point that I want to leave with you today about right responses, we have listen, we have answer, and this is this, and this is one that I think a lot of Christians deal with because the, 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 the problem is as Christians, you know we're, we're taught to, to, to be meek, to be kind, to be gentle, but there are times where we have to put our foot down. There are times that we, we, we have to, in a loving but a firm way, state where we are. And so this last word I want to give you is the word dismiss. Everybody said dismiss. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jesus said, in the book of Matthew, chapter 13 through 14, Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be rooted up, so ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind, and they will both fall into a ditch. In other words, there will be people in your life who would be critics, who would criticize you, but... Because they're overly critical, you have to dismiss what they say. Sometimes these individuals can be family members, it could be parents, it could be friends, it could be even be a spouse sometimes, and you just have to ignore what they say. Maybe they, maybe they woke up on the wrong side of bed, maybe they just said something out of anger or, 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 or just out of frustration or irritation. But there are times that you have to dismiss, everybody said dismiss, you have to dismiss what certain people are saying to you. When this person is characterized by being over, overly critical, this is the time where you dismiss something that they say. I used to say, if it don't apply, let it fly. My old bishop would say, take the meat and throw away the bones. Because mm-hmm. there's always some type of truth in criticism, you know. But you take what applied to you and you throw away the rest. Don't try to eat the whole soup. If you're full, you don't need it. Don't try to, don't try, don't try to take, some, take some type of medication that will harm you. You don't even know what it no will do to your sister. So don't try to take everybody's morsel, everybody's word of criticism. So there's some things that I said, mm-hmm, I just listened And I said, that's not for me. There are times where people will try to give you a word from the Lord. don't get deep. They don't get spiritual. To save the Lord Woo! And I'm just like The blood of Jesus That is not the Lord Pastor I was praying for you And the spirit told me you know, That you need to do that. I not want the spirit to tell you that You're so off It's not even funny You have to dismiss certain things Right before we got married honey Someone gave me a word that's not your wife Or the lie they turned out to be. (laughs) People will say stuff, but you have to dismiss some of the things that people are saying. Jesus said, ignore them. Ignore. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) Have two or three seats, sir. I got to dismiss that. I I, 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 I can't allow that to poison me or to take me off course. That's why you can't share your dream with everybody. Some people you share your dream with, man, they're gonna party with you, they're gonna push you, they're gonna they they are gonna be with you, they're gonna encourage you. But there's some people you want to do that. You really want to leave that career, but you know you can make more money in that career, but I hate this career, but you know it's about you know with money, we gotta do, we gotta do this. Those people you run from. When God called me to plan a church, I was very careful. Who I shared what God told me with. I was very careful. And I learned my lesson the hard way because I I was so excited. Oh my God, we're going to play the ministry. You sure you want to do that? Really? You a pastor, really? You sure you got the giftedness for that? You sure God's calling to do that? No, I'm sure God's calling me to do that. Sometimes you just have to Speak to the hand, Sa Nara, God bless you, and got to keep moving if you don 't dismiss it. what happens is those words become darts, and these darts begin to penetrate your heart and begin to penetrate your mind, and they become like poison to cause you to be distracted and to get off course from your dream and from your divine purpose so that 's why. At times, you have to dismiss. The enemy is good at that. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. Every time you make a mistake, he's going to throw your past and your faults in your face. And you got some people like that because they remember you when. And so now that they see you now, they think you're going to do the same things you used to do back then, but you transformed. That was 20, 30 years ago. I'm not the same person. You have people try to box you in because that's how they know you. That's how they can receive you. But people can't receive you for who you are. You gotta gotta let them go. You gotta let them go. You gotta gotta dismiss them in love. You you have to let them go. You dismiss when a person is characterized by being over-critical. You dismiss when this person is emotionally unhealthy are wounded. Those are the worst type of people that you have to avoid. People who are wounded. Someone who's gone through something and they're not healed. They have not not gotten over it. And so everything that other people do in the same situation they want to criticize. I'll give you an example. There's a sister that I knew and she went through uh, indiscretion in her marriage. Her husband did something. But every time she got to greet and meet new people who are getting married. Oh, be careful. You got to make sure that's the right one because you don't want that to happen because it happened to me, girl. It happened to me, brother. And I'm just like, don't put your mess on me. You have to dismiss that. You can't let people bring their negativity on you. Girl, oh, I have a lump on my leg. Oh, you yeah, be careful because my great grandma had a lump. It was cancer and she died. Oh, you got to be careful. Oh, I feel a little headache. Oh, it might be a stroke because, oh, my uncle passed away like that. He had a little headache and the next day he was gone. Sometimes you got to rebuke that stuff. You can't take all the people's fears, they're wounded wounded people do, they wound people. Because misery loves company. They're what I call emotion, emotional vampires. What does vampires do? They bite you so yeah, well, you become can just become. Like them. See, when you go through life, you go through hardships, you're going to either become bitter or better. See, people who are, are wounded like this have become bitter. So they see everything from a bittered perspective. And so life is from a bitterness, from a bitter perspective. And so when they look at life, they see all the negative aspects of life. There's nothing ever good. There's always something wrong. But Jesus said, you, 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 you have to dismiss, you have to ignore those type of people. Listen, we can't all please people. We can't please all people. We can't do it. But we can sure enough please the Lord. And that's the only person you need to focus on pleasing. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, in the New Living Translation, it says, for we speak as messengers who have been approved by God. That's the only approval you want. You want to be approved by the Lord. He said, to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. As a believer, your purpose is to please God, not your mother, not your family heritage, not your husband's dreams, not your parents' dreams. To please the Lord, sometimes not even what you want. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. Not even yourself sometimes. You have to deny yourself. Sometimes you have it all planned out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and do that. And God said, that's nice, but it's not going to go down that way. I'm going to move here. I'm going to have this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have this opportunity. And you can network and work it all you want. And God will still shut it down. Every time. Because there's a difference between your will and God's will. But you have to aim to please God. You know? There were times in my life where I got so mad with the Lord. I got so frustrated. I'm like, Lord, I really want to do this. Come on, this is my desire. This is my dream. I want to do this. And God said, no, that's nice. And every time I would try to make it happen, it would fall apart. It would crumble. Because that was not the perfect will of God for my life. There's a saying, your arms are too short to box with God. You just hit it in the air. You can have a temper tantrum if you want, but he's going to win at the end of it all. So you mind was Why waste all that time? Some people waste a lifetime. There's some people I know that when I started out in my walk with Christ, we were at similar age in a similar age group. I look at them now, I'm like, man, they're not even serving the Lord. People I know who, who are called to ministry, who are called to pass up. Some people go preach circles around me. But they're out there. Because they're still trying to box and have their way with God. Let me tell you, God will wait you out. He will. I don't care if you. Oh, Moses was 80. He will wait you out. And if you don't, and if you don't, and if you don't get it right, he'll let you die in the state that you're in. Why waste all that time and just surrender? The life that God wants to give us is the abundant life. A life that's flowing free free of his love and his grace and his mercy. We can't please all people. But we can please God. So I want to close this message. And I I know we dealt with the wrong and the right responses of how to deal with critical people. But maybe, possibly, could it be if we were just to look at ourselves for a moment. Maybe we have a little critic in us. Could it be that we could be the critical person in the room? Could it be that we see life from a a bent or, or negative perspective because of maybe some of the issues and trials and things that we have experienced in our own lives? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12 verse 18, it says, Some people make cutting remarks, but words from a wise friend or words from the wise bring healing. Sometimes our words can be cutting, things that we say to people. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can look and say, Man, I can be critical in nature sometime. Now, everyone's a critic because we all have our perspectives our experiences, our ideologies, our ideologies and, and it, the way we look at life is, is different. And so there's a critic in us, but the question is, are we overly critical? Are we overly critical? Well, Pastor, how do I know if I'm Overly critical. You know, I just say some things. I just speak what, on my mind, Pastor. I don't mince my words. I don't bite my tongue. But let me help you out to, to just, just to do a fact check to see maybe, if possibly, to just make me a teensy-weensy over critical. i, 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 I want to give you a litmus test this morning as we're closing. Amen. One, are you very critical of yourself? When you make a mistake, do you, are are you the person, you know, that beats yourself up over the head when you make a mistake? Everybody says, everything is fine. He's like, no, no, I should've known better. I'm so crazy, I'm so dumb. That was stupid of me. And you just wallow and mellow in your mistake. It could be a possibility. You could be a little bit overly critical. And to make it worse if you're so overly critical of yourself it's a possibility that you're even probably, probably, probably highly critical of other people. Because you're hard on yourself so you're hard on everybody else. Uh, if you're overly critical how um, don't know if you're overly critical maybe your parents were highly critical and had high expectations for you and so that has driven you to be overly critical because you was raised by overly critical people. Three, may, 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 maybe you tend to be a perfectionist. Everything has to be perfect. Now there's a difference between excellence and perfection. You know, you being you, so you, critical, you, you you're like, girl, that's just the way I am. No, you're overly critical, you're negative. That's how you know. People are telling your friends are telling you in a, in a nice way. You could call your friends, you can't get in contact with them because they want to deal with you. You always get the voicemail. Call me later. Can't talk right now. I'm in a meeting. You, you get so many excuses because you're critical. They're just being nice about it. I don't know if you're overly critical. You are easily offended and insulted. Easily, you got thin skin. Thin skin. This, is, Someone look at you, why do you look at me like that? Thin skin. I don't know if you're overly critical. It's easier to find fault than praise. You will find a flaw rather than the positive. You see the cup half empty. You see the negative in everything. Girl, your outfit is nice, but what about those shoes, girl? Mm-mm. We got to do about those shoes. And we got to chase those shoes. Yeah. I got a promotion. Did you get the raise that you wanted? No, but I got a promotion. Well, it's not really a promotion because you don't to really get the money. The money is really equivalent to the promotion, right? So, you know, maybe you should just work harder. Maybe you should just go back to them and just tell them, you'd rather not take that. <laughs> I don't know if you're overly critical. This, this is my final one. And this is a powerful one. And this is for my couples in the house. This morning, and if this is your spouse or your, your loved one, just look straight at me. Don't 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 look. Don't don't nudge. I want to keep peace in the house of God this morning. I want you to go home in peace tonight. Amen. I don't want to mess up what you got planned after church, but for those in a relationship, I don't know if you're overly critical, Pastor. Even if your partner does 90% of the task, you focus on the 10% that is incomplete. You get preoccupied with how your partner didn't complete the task to your liking. And you forget to focus on the value of your partner's effort and help. How to know if you're overly critical. If some of these things you, you, you have checked and said, well pastor, I, I could see myself and I. There's a possibility. That you might have a critical nature. And the good thing about God, God is a transforming God if you allow him to transform you. You see, one of the things that you you first do when you go to Alcohol Anonymous, you say, hi, my name is and I am a alcohol. You acknowledge who you are. And all of us to get set free from a, 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 a critical nature, we have to say, God, help me to overcome my critical nature. So this morning I want to pray while the music is playing gently. I want to set the atmosphere this morning because I tried to make this as lighthearted as I could. But the truth is, criticism hurts at times. Some of us are wounded because of things that have been said to us. Maybe you grew up in a house where your parents were together and there were comments made, you act just like your, you fill in the blank. You look just like you and I just can't stand that person. Remember that wounded you. Remember that wounded your perspective on life. Oh, you're not smart enough, why would you even want to go to school for that? You, you just got to see average, well, you can't even go to that type of school. And maybe you've given up. I really believe that God wants to heal us this morning. God wants to take those darts that have affected our heart and our mind so that we could be whole again. The Word of God says that I can do or we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. So, the very things that your critics said that you could not do, through Christ, you can accomplish it. There were those who said that I shouldn't even be standing up before you today. But I tell you, if God before you, who can be against you? God knows your purpose, He knows your dream. He knows your destiny. And I'm here to say you don't have to disqualify yourself from the race because someone else said something. Someone said you couldn't run the race. You could run the race. You could accomplish your goal. You could accomplish your dream. Because with God, all things are possible to them that believe. So I want to pray for for two types of people this morning. The first I I, I want to pray for, the first group of people that I want to pray for is people who have been wounded by, by critics, by criticism. The critics, the words that they spoke to you didn't help you actually hurt you they didn't give you wise wisdom to help you to deal with what the issue was but they use us as, as as a way to mock you to make fun of you to put you down i want to pray for those individuals this morning and also i want to pray for those who who will really be honest and say you know what god i want you to help me to overcome my own critical nature. There is a critic in me. I always have, I'm very highly opinionated. And I'm going to tell everybody my opinion. But let's hear the Lord's opinion this morning. Let's hear what He says this morning. God's word is over every word. And so, this morning I I want to pray for these individuals. And so, what I'm just going to ask you to do, whatever category you fall into this morning, I just want you to stand where you are. I'm about you to come to the front. I just want you to stand, and I just want to pray this morning. If you've been wounded, or we find that you have a critical nature, overly critical nature, unhealthy, I want you to be honest, and I want you to ask the Lord to help you. Some people make cutting remarks. But the words of the wise bring healing. And we're going to bring healing this morning. In the name of Jesus. Those who are standing, we just lift your hands to God. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you this morning. And we just thank you for this time. Father, as we've opened up this series on how to deal with difficult people, the people that drive us crazy every day, God, in our lives. God, help us to deal with critical people today, God. Maybe our boss or a a friend or a relative or a neighbor or someone we know, God, have, have wounded us or hurt us from, not just our present, but from our past, God. And we're asking today that you would heal us, Lord. You said words of the wise bring healing, God. Father, as wisdom was poured out this morning, I'm asking that you bring healing to those who've been wounded. For those who have been ostracized and criticized, oh God. For those who have, 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 have been hurt by hurtful words, Lord God. For those who have been wounded, oh God, by family, friends, and loved ones, oh God. I ask that you bring healing this morning. I pray that you would take away the sting from their childhood, the sting from their adolescence, the sting, oh God, from their adulthood. I ask that you would do it now, Holy Spirit. I ask that you would bring healing, God, to their heart, to their mind, to their psyche, God, to their soul, to their conscious and subconscious. Lord, I ask that you would do a work in their hearts even now while I pray, God. I ask that you would restore, because your word says you restored, our soul. God, restore souls this morning. Hearts. Oh God, hearts this morning. Mind, will, emotions. Restore God. Some of us, oh God, we have the memory of, of, of the words that were spoken and every play like a videotape over and over in our head and we have boxing and cage that situation, oh God, in our minds and our hearts, God, but we want to be set free from that prison this morning. God, I'm asking you this morning to bring healing God, some of us are adults, but we're dealing with criticism from our childhood. Memories. God, heal us this morning. Make us whole this morning, Holy Spirit. We need you, Father, in this place. God, and there's a group of us this morning who's who, who's saying, God, help me overcome my own critical nature. Me, Lord not to hurt others with my words God help me oh God not to oh God look at life from a, a, a darkened or a negative perspective God help me to overcome my own critical nature help me to bring words of healing and not just give cutting remarks help me even at times just to keep my mouth closed God and just to pray sometimes it's not what you say sometimes it's what you pray Father, I pray that you would help us, Lord. As we're being honest and open before you this morning, Lord. In this place of grace, God, we ask that you would just sustain your grace to us this morning. Forgive us, oh God, if we wounded those. If we spoke against others' dreams or or desires, oh God, or, 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 or aspirations. God, forgive us this morning if we wounded a friend or a relative, Lord God, or a co-worker. God, forgive us. Oh God, we were not aware, but we ask for forgiveness today. And show us how to make it right, God. Show us how to make it right, God. Bring peace, Father, I pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, I thank you for covering and keeping us this morning, God. And even as we, oh God, are standing before you now, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. For we remove those chains of criticism, those shackles off of us, and we are free in the name of Jesus. We'll not operate under that mindset anymore, but we'll operate under a mindset with the mind of Christ that lets us know that we can do all things. So Father, I bless you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together and bless the Lord?